Welcome to episode 24 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only pimpcast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living all in one spot. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? All right. I'm good. I'm Billy. I'm William. Right. And together we're a father-son team laying it down. Ain't that right, son? Yep. That's, yep. That's right. All right. So right off the bat, y'all, tip of the day. Son, but before I get into that, man, I can't even believe we're 24 episodes in. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of weird. It doesn't feel like it feels like we're still trying to figure this out, and I guess to some extent we still are. Yeah, I imagine, but it doesn't feel like twenty four. I remember it took about a hundred episodes on YouTube before I ever felt comfortable doing it. I probably felt like episode four hundred was when we felt comfortable doing. It. And even doing this, having you know a little bit of a radio background, you know, I never, I don't know, man. It's just so much different. We don't have anybody standing behind the glass doing all this, and there's no rules, so I'm still adjusting. To not having any rules, like being able to wrap it up, you got a hard break, or wrap it up, or you know, you got phone calls you got to do, you got all this other stuff, you got to write a monologue. Well, actually, you don't have to write a monologue. That's one thing a lot of people don't realize is most. I was one of the few people that actually did, but most of them just get on there, read stuff from Politico, open the phone lines, and have a nice day. I think Clyde Lewis, he writes a monologue because yes, he, he actually writes it down in the uh, show descriptions, I think. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. he's Yeah, because he is the consummate professional. That's why I love Clyde Lewis. And, you know, there's some others out there that do the same thing. All right, y'all. And this is all going to make sense. Tip of the day, stop trying to convince people. Here's what I'm getting at. And it's all going to weave like every other episode. It's all going to weave a tapestry. What I mean by that is I've had a conversation with my friend. He lives in the South and uh, in, in the further South than I do. And, you know, he had a situation where I, I don't know how much I want to go into, but basically he had been working on these folks for a while, trying to wake them up. And they've been longtime friends of his. And he basically got scorned, you know, basically the lady at one point said some stuff to him that was really kind of hurtful, but also she is very much in the matrix. Remember that folks, this is what I want to try to convey in Plato's allegory of the cave. Remember, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go find out because that's no, I'm not a big fan of Plato's form of government or what he advocated um, in no way. But Plato's allegory of the cave made sense then, what, 3,500 years ago? And it still makes sense today. In a nutshell, you leave that cave, you look out there, you wake up, you see the world for what it is, you go back down, tell everybody that's still chained at the bottom of that cave, hey, this is all a false reality. Come follow me out here. Take a look. And they kill the dude. You know? And that same thing happens right now. And I keep falling for it. That's why I'm really in the YouTube channels and stuff. I haven't been... I haven't been really going on and trying too hard to wake people up because at this point, how much time and effort are we waking up? And it could be very, look, y'all, there are loved ones you may have that just don't wake up. And will they wake up? I don't know. Because honestly, at this point in the United States of amnesia, I think we've hit a level of depravity that only starvation can cure. In fact, I, history I think, proves it. I think it's good to bring it up to these people at least once. So that way, if they if they ever do wake up, they know they can come back to you and talk talk to someone about it, that they, they're not completely alone in this world. Well, that's a double-edged sword, son, and we're going to get into it later on because this episode is really about tap, tactical homesteading. Well, the reason I say that is because I remember I had this buddy in high school, and I was trying to convince him uh, that 9-11 was an inside job. Um spent a long time trying to convince him of that. And he would get like irritated, pissed off. He would be angry that I was bringing it up again. And then years later, he sends me a text and he's like, Hey, did you hear about nine 11 being, being rigged? Was he serious? Or I mean, yes. was he joking? He was serious. And I wanted to put hands on him. You know who it is. Uh, not the one in the air force. The other guy yeah. with a J yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. It was him. I was, what? I was pissed. Yes. Yeah. He had to be joking, man. No, he wasn't joking. No, he 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 honestly had forgotten about the times, or I don't know if he had forgotten or if he just pushed it out of his head or what, but he had forgotten about the times where I was trying to convince him of this, and he, he thought he was bringing me information. Well, that's exactly my point, is that people are going to wake up, and 
Like Joel Salatin, I know, I think it's almost a cliche where he said, you know, one time he said, you know, people always say, I'll believe it when I see it. That's really not the case. They'll see it when they believe it. It's really the other way around. And so folks, when you're, when you're dealing with a lot of folks out there, and I know in these times, I haven't spoken a lot about it and I haven't really rendered a lot of opinions about where I see things going, but I think I'm coming more out of my cave because I pretty much resolved myself that, look, if you cannot see it at this point, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to convince you. So I'm going to keep helping out the people that are paying attention and I'm going to keep, look, they help me, I help them. And that's exactly who I'm talking to out here. So if you're on the fence in all the things that are going on right now, whether it's financial, whatever the case, and you're constantly be, think about how many, how much energy, man, we waste oh, yeah. trying to convince these people. I yeah. sat there on talk radio forever in a day, biggest talk radio in, in Kansas city Everybody on the station, the only reason they like me is because I could be controversial at times and I would put butts in seats. And it drove me crazy that I had to do very stupid programs just to get people to listen in long enough for me to drop some knowledge. And they, they would come down on me like a ton of bricks. But because I could manage humor and because I, you know, I could... They, they let me get away with things for a while. And, you know, I was offered that brass ring and turned it down. So, um... Point being, y'all. Um, now we're here ad-free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we got ads in there. I mean, we're basically advertising other people's stuff, and we're not being paid for it, but we talk about other people's stuff, which is exactly what we do. We're not going to be Tide and Cheer and Coke and Pepsi. Look, they we, we won't be working with them. Black, No Black Rock, no State Street, no Vanguard. <laughs> not on purpose, at least. No, not, not with any of those. So, look, quit wasting your time trying to wake these people up. Look, they are at the bottom of Plato's Cave. And like I always said before, uh, remember, there was only eight people on Noah's Ark. I'm sure Noah had uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews, but it was only Noah, his wife, and Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives. And that was it, y'all. That was all that got on that ark. So it may very well be that, look, so I'm getting into a little bit of, people are probably thinking, dude, you, you know some grim stuff we don't know. Yeah, I know, and you know too. So we'll talk more about it in a little while. Um all right, farm news. So we're going to add them in between. We're going to continue to do our podcast or pimpcast, rather. Right. It's going to go out, what, Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, something like that? Yep. Yep. And then any like uh, interviews we do on YouTube, we're going to uh, rip the audio from those and turn those into podcasts as well. But they're not going to be a substitute for the Tuesday and Thursday show. They're just going to be like an addition. Right. Because a lot of people are telling us they, they kind of like the format we have right here. Right. And, um, you know, we're going to have to figure out how to do those other things, but I think what about valuable. like interviews? Well, Are we going to be like podcasting? I guess we kind of do them all through YouTube anyway. Yeah, I guess we do. But honestly, after that last one I did with Joel, um, and we had some weird things happen as far as YouTube. And also when I talk to people like John, you know, they're going to suppress us for a while. So if not just straight up, kick us off. So hey, I'm just happy our stuff didn't break after Joel. Yeah, no kidding. So if you haven't seen that one, y'all, we're going to have it on the podcast here after a while. But John, the, here's the crazy thing with both of them. I kind of eased into the esoteric a little bit just to see what would happen, yeah. <laughs> just to see if things would get, you know, kind of. I did notice down. the as soon as you guys, as soon as Joel started talking about like some of the esoteric stuff, the watch views just plummeted. stopped. Well, they didn't plummet, but they just stopped increasing. Yeah. Like the people that were uh, joining in stopped increasing. And with these live stream, that's that's highly unusual. Especially at that time. Well, especially at that time, everybody's off work. Um, and usually the longer you go on a live stream, your your watch or your people watching just keep going up. They don't like dip back down unless they know you're about to end. Like yeah. you said, all right, guys, I'm heading out. And then like everybody starts dropping off at that moment. Yeah, it is but, bizarre. Yeah, so I knew that when we got into some of that deep stuff, um, you know, and there's always going to be. I also saw the subscriber count go way down. But look, I don't do YouTube for subscribers. I don't do podcasts for. Look, I'm not looking for a hundred thousand. If I wanted to, believe me, we'd have it. We're looking for a very select group of people. <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like this. This podcast, the YouTube channel, the live streams, all that stuff, isn't for everybody. Right. And that's exactly what we're, we're still finding our way when it comes to this podcast realm. I know it's not going to just be 
uh, permaculture. It's going to be preparedness and practical living. We're going to be talking about all those things. It might from time to time even slip in some of the esoteric, like, um, you know, I'll, I'll make no bones about the fact that I'm a blood bought soldier of Christ. And so is my son. So is everybody in this house. And, um, we're going to bring people on sometimes that may give you an angle to things, even in terms of, um, from a Christian perspective that maybe you're not ever going to hear in a regular pulpit. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. a lot of what Joel was talking about, you're never going to hear in a pulpit. And frankly, not all of it I necessarily agree with, but the mark of a thinker is the ability to hear any argument without necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with it. All right. So had those guys in interviews, uh, more farm news preparedness. Well, we've been in a full court press and I had even said in the latest YouTube video that, um, I know a lot about this stuff, um, whether from the army or whether from my time in the preparedness world, and I never did leave it. Um, we talked about it very, very little, even though we have, we have a lot of knowledge about such things, but I've gotten to the point where just what I know or what I see unfolding, I've been very, very careful about any predictions and I'm still not going to do that. I do know for a fact that things are coming apart and then, you know, ain't got to be Nostradamus to see that. But well, one thing that's sticking out to me is, OK, if everybody you, like all the reliable news that you're listening to, like the, the forms of news that you think are reliable, if all of them are saying something is happening August 24th and then all of them are wrong, you got to ask yourself, well, two different things. Uh, where are they all getting their information from? Because they're having the same reaction as the main uh, news sources where they're all spewing the same information or. Like, are they trying to, was the intent behind all of this to make you distrust those news sources to get everybody to say something that was wrong and then you distrust that news source and then you go back to Fox News or CNN? Well, I saw exactly how all those news sources, I mean, having worked in the belly of the beast, I mean, I've worked and I've been there at local TV, local radio, been there the whole way. I know how the whole system works and it's as, believe me, there's, I said it before in a previous podcast, you were dealing with the dumbest of the dumb. Every guy on there, I mean, he's some, it, it, I won't go into it again, but it's honestly one giant sham. They're sitting there reading the teleprompter. They have no understanding of what they just read. They're on, they're actors on TV. That's all they are. And they try to, and that's, most, that's exactly what it seems like is like everybody is reading the same teleprompter right now. Well, that son, here's, here's exactly what's going on in that realm. And a lot of people have done YouTube videos on it, but when it comes to, Think about it. Think about the pantheon of news out there, but still somehow ABC, CNN, NBC, Fox news, all the rest of them, they all cover the same exact news. Now you go to BBC, go check out Iranian news, go check out Israeli news. You go check out any number of the other news sources out there. Well, how is it? They all have different. I'm not, I mean, BBC, you name it. I mean, they all have a different perspective on the news, but somehow the American media, I remember it was, I think it was Yuri Bezmanov said, we in Russia, we had a we had a corrupt media too, but nobody in Russia believed him. That was the only difference, according to I think it was pretty. I'm pretty sure it was Yuri Bezmenov that said that. But honestly, y'all, we've been in a full court press in terms of preparedness, getting our harvest in, preparing, you know, preserving it, and um, frankly, we've been doing a lot more of it. In fact, more than we have in a very very long time. Um, that's the benefit of having a freeze dryer that helps. Yeah. Yeah. It also was kind of, uh, misleading on how much food you actually put back though. Mom was complaining the, was it earlier today saying, Oh, well, we haven't canned much this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we freeze dry. Yeah. Because we've been, yeah. The freeze dryer. I mean, believe me, I love there's things about canning. That's fantastic. Uh, especially with meat and stuff like that. But also I'm thinking, well, from a tactical standpoint, what if we had to bug out of here? Okay, you know, taking a bunch of glass jars and, and hitting the road with that is kind of difficult. Yeah. Whereas I could take a thousand pounds of freeze dried stuff with very little effort at all, you know, with a couple of trips, you yeah. know, just putting it in the back of the truck. So there's also a tactical advantage for doing the freeze drying as well. Plus, you're keeping a lot of the nutrients and everything else in there. So we've been doing a lot of that. We also got uh, at the end of this week, we're going to be at the. Um, what festival are we going to, son? That's going to be, be back, back to, the, to land. the land. Yeah, I'm going to be teaching uh, compost. Yep. And it looks like I'm going to be teaching compost all day. So, I mean, if you want to come out and ask at any time, 
I'll be there to answer your uh, compost questions. Right. They got me relegated to the table. Um, I'm basically going to be working the uh, table that we bring out there. And, the uh, booth. Yeah, the booth. I'll be there, and um, I think maybe there's a Q&A I'm going to be involved in. But for the most part, I'll be out there. Look forward to seeing everybody there. And then the following weekend. Well, Anne of All Trades is going to be there, too. Oh, really? I'm kind of looking forward to meeting her. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, she lives nearby there. Uh, yeah. I know last year I was a little more involved in this thing. And uh, I remember they reached out to her, but it, things didn't work out. So I know she she had, had, I mean, that girl is busy, man. She's got a lot on her plate. Big fan too, man. I like, I like the work she does. And also, I mean, she's, you know, I, your mom used to go nuts, man, because every time she would do something new and when she was doing it a few years back, there'd always be some Nimrod getting there and say, Oh, not bad for a little lady, you know, just kind of talk yeah, down to her. Yeah. You know what? She's exactly, if you want a little girl to look up to somebody, well, somebody like Michelle and somebody like Anne of all trades, man, she's, she's she awesome. better spoons than I do. Uh, the girl, she is, she is extremely talented and, uh, I love, I love also the fact that she didn't work out so well in the mainstream uh, school system, you know, right, yeah, and how no, they try to tell her she had some learning disorder. No, she ain't got a learning disorder. She's good. She's she, she's just not easily programmed. Okay, <laughs> so I think that's what it had to do with. So I didn't know she was going to be there. I look forward to seeing her. Maybe I'll get to say hi. Maybe even get to interview her. We'll see how that goes. Um, so following week after that, we're going to have the Self Reliance Festival, and we're going to be there as well. At least this time, me and Michelle, and the day before on the thirtieth. Auspicious day. Yeah. Michelle's going to be teaching the guild class with me. So make sure you sign up for that, but also go to the self-reliance festival. You're going to be glad you went to both of them. Believe me, y'all. And if, Hey, I should have said this in the beginning. If you're going to be checking us out, you can try to do it for through the fountain app. Remember tip a pimp. Yeah. Go to through the fountain app. And if you guys have questions, go through the fountain app as well. Um, I don't think we had any questions from the last episode through the fountain app, at least. Well, we got some, we got, well, we got no shortage of questions here on, um, you know, through my email, which yeah. by the way, is Billy at permapasturesfarm.com. Um, yeah. Send me your questions. Make sure you just put question up in the, uh, or podcast. The subject. Pin, yeah. In the subject line, put something up there to let me know it's, you know, concerning the show so I can kind of cue that thing where it goes. Okay. So we're getting all ready for that. Now we're going to drift into the world news and, um, this is something that may very well affect you. Apparently, well, I've been aware of it for some time, but um, it seems like there's a lot of doom and gloom, son, regarding September 24th, possibly 25th. They're saying, you know, something to do with the Shemitah or possibly September 30th, all of which we ain't even going to be here in town. So, yeah. yeah. So you better believe well, that. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here. You'll be here, but I, I mean, well, you're going to be with me this next weekend. Well, so... The, so Either we're going to be gone, we're going to be in transit. Yeah, something. I don't know. But we'll be somewhere. You know, what's crazy is nobody can seem to tell you with any kind of specificity what they think it is. Well, yeah. Well, even what is supposed to happen? How are you going to say so matter-of-factly that something is going to happen on August 24th, but then not have any idea what it is? Well, some have offered some ideas, and I'm going to bring those up real quick, and then we'll just kind of briefly talk about them. Um, there was a German uh, minister, I can't remember which, got up there, made a speech, talked about, hey, in a nutshell, look, y'all, it's all coming down on the 24th, or the world's going to change in a way that you can't even imagine. So it's given rise to a bunch of different ideas, but also you've had some theologians. Um, one of them I heard on Hagman and Hagman Report. There was another one that my friend Barrett hooked me up with, uh, Bo Pony. And he's been making the rounds lately, too, talking about, hey, 24th or 25th, something's going down, and it's going to be a big deal. And he, if I remember correctly, makes you believe that it's possibly something to do with the finances. But nobody's ever, I mean, honestly, y'all, I've been ready for this for the last 10 years. So if it jumps off at some point, I don't know what they may pull, who even knows what scams or schemes these scoundrels are even going to think about coming up with. But look, at the end of the day, be ready. Scamming, scheming, scoundrels. Yeah, there goes a t-shirt. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yeah, we, yeah, we need to put that on there. What's that uh, Mr. Moneybags or whatever? Put the Monopoly guy on there. Yeah, we'll put it. Yeah, that's exactly what, well, they're, well, at least there's some degree of fairness in Monopoly, Monopoly unless your Uncle David was playing. But point of it being is that all these <laughs> um, prognostications of doom around the 24th, 25th, and the 30th, and then 
you know, I've heard other people say, and some of these people have been right on the money. Now, the part that does give me pause is when I'm seeing all these different analysts that almost never agree with one another, universally agree that we don't get out of this year without something jumping off. And they're thinking anywhere. This one guy that was on with Hagman, man, it was it was pretty incredible. He looks at these charts, astrological charts. Believe it or not, that's what these very wealthy people use. Uh, cycles. Um, the fourth turning, they're looking at all these different cycles that seem to converge at about the same time, and it happens about this year. Hey, let's not forget, remember that movie, The uh, Soylent Green? Well, that took place in 2022, <laughs> if I am mistaken. So, uh, yeah, that brings me to a story that we'll have in here in a little while. Maybe they're like, surprise, all those burgers you've been eating at McDonald's and, <laughs> and yeah. Burger King. Yeah, well, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I've actually worked in a place when I was still doing electric work where they make those patties, and eh, some of that stuff didn't look like beef to me. But, look, everybody's tripping about this date, but I tend to think that every single time everybody goes on and carries on about a date, I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying from a personal standpoint, I can't think of a single time it ever turned out to be right. What what is your gut feeling telling you, Dad? Do you think... Let me ask it more specifically, I guess. Do you think whatever's going to happen on the August, at the end of August is going to affect the like Americans immediately, like immediately affect them? Or is it going to be something that happens far off in the distance that doesn't really affect you, but you're made to react to it? Well, I'm going to talk about some things that are really going to affect you in the real time here in a minute. But regarding that thing, honestly, I have given up trying to predict the scams and schemes that these people could potentially come up with. I'm thinking no matter what it is, I am look folks, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a pessimist, but I really believe this. There is no lie. The American public cannot be made to believe. I really believe that. I believe that for the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, think about this and just off the top of my head. Okay. These are things we know about. Let's just start with world war one. Okay. Look at the origins of that war. World war one for crying out loud, sinking of the Lusitania. Well, just so happens the King of England, along with uh, uh, the American delegate there, were just happened to be talking about it hours before. Okay, coincidence, I'm sure. They well, even teach that in school now. Like the, um, what was it the Lusitania, um, the one of, off Vietnam? What no, son, you're, that's that's on down the line. That's No, I mean, they taught us that, that they were actually uh, false flags in school. Well, my point being is that you got World War One, absolute false flag. World War II, uh, depending on whom you look at um yeah the intelligentsia knew all about it knew the japanese were coming and all the good ships just happened to be out to sea all the antiquated stuff right there in pearl harbor okay world war ii uh korea hmm really just a continual world war ii vietnam well son you just talked about that you kind of jumped the gun on me but it's basically <laughs> my point was that they openly admit that in school now is that they openly admit that these were these were false flags yeah, well, you can even look at it. Um, they even, I think, even in Wikipedia, they admit it. So you got World War II, Vietnam, Korea, all of them bunk. First Gulf War, not exactly what you thought it was, folks. Yeah, you got to look into that. Nine Eleven, Building Seven falls into its own footprint, and Americans bought this thing hook, line, and sinker. JFK murdered, blew his head off right there from the front. Anybody that ever goes, <coughs> excuse me, go shoot a pumpkin. And see which way that thing falls. Okay, that's the way his head looked. So they blasted him right there in that car, right there in broad daylight. American public bought it for the most part. 9-11, the whole nine yards, Oklahoma City, you name it at this point. And then you have this uh, pestilence that they manufactured, Fauci and the rest of the gang. And by and large, the overwhelming public could not care less. You know the only antidote, this is what I do know. There is a no lie. The American public cannot be made to believe. I really believe that in my heart of hearts because we are a depraved society. And the only thing that cures depravity is starvation. History proves it. Find me anybody out there in the sound of my voice. Find me one example where a depraved society has ever corrected itself without the crucible of hard times. I've been saying this for years. You're not going to find it. Believe me. I've scoured history to find one. It doesn't happen. So, all I know is in order to get people, son, to care, I'm not wishing in any way, but I know if we are to have any kind of uh, relief, if we were to recover from any depravity, 
then we got to do some suffering. Just like the Israelites. I mean, how many times over and over would God rescue them? And then they go right back into square one. Every single time for crying out loud, I'd always thought, man, you saw water. You walked on dry <laughs> land across the sea and you y'all were tripping just on the other side no of boat. it. <laughs> you got, I mean, you saw this happen, but you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, we could apply the same thing. I think we're equally as silly today because we see miracles all the time and still don't believe. But honestly, adversity makes men, prosperity makes monsters. And we've been prosperous for too long. So no matter what happens, son, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't want it to happen. But I know in order in order for a country this depraved to turn around, there's got to be great suffering. And I think we're heading for that. I think this shoe's going to drop. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of weird false flag nonsense. All I know is that no matter what the mainstream prostitutes say, the overwhelming majority of the American public will buy it. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. I don't think there I I don't think there's a lot of people won't believe anymore. I mean, take this take for example, this um I mean, we already look, let's just be honest here. We got homeless. I'm seeing homeless worse than I've ever seen it before. Yeah, and the behavior of the homeless is even and odd the, as well. Right. And it's only getting worse. The worse things get. We got Biden signed this executive order. What is it? One four zero eight one, basically advancing biotech and. I mean, basically, y'all. I'm going to break it down like this. It's basically two billion dollars they've earmarked for you to eat bugs and to change your DNA DNA with CRISPR Cas nine uh, technology. In other words, you're going to have this bio digital convergence, and nobody cares. <laughs> That's what gets me, son. It doesn't even matter. They see murders happen at, you know, at the behest of our government to other countries. We knock off world leaders. We cause massacres. We do all this stuff and nobody cares. Well, nobody cares when you become depraved. We are too good at growing food to be eating bugs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got people, son. You got people that were at the January 6th thing. Okay. Yeah. And they wonder why I'm pissed off half the time, you know, when I talk about this stuff. People at January 6th who did absolutely nothing are denied their constitutional rights. You don't hear any politicians talking about it. All those prostitutes on Fox News that claim the rah, 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 USA. I don't hear them talking about it. You hear people like Stu Peters bringing it up. You hear Doug Hagman talking about it. People that most people have never even heard of. But if you want to get reliable news, those are, those are the places you got to talk. Or what about Trump? Everybody wants to be in support of Trump. Trump isn't even support of the people that came to support him. Right. And they're still in solitary confinement. And they did absolutely nothing wrong, many of them. I mean, this is, this is the... Uh, even if, the, well, I would say even if they broke into the Capitol, they still didn't do anything wrong. They, okay. At it's the end their of, building. Yeah. At the end <laughs> of the day, let's say they did. Let's say they busted you. For whatever the case, you deserve your day in court. Some of these people are being absolutely tortured and nobody cares. I guess the point I'm trying to make at son, no matter how dreadful the news, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And the only way they're going to care is when people start suffering. And I don't wish it. I don't want it. But I know that's what's got to happen. And uh, honestly, we've... I honestly don't understand the level of depravity. I, I mean, I'm I'm 51 years old, okay? And I don't even recognize the world around me. Can you imagine yourself being a World War II vet? You stormed the beaches of Normandy. You've been through all, you've seen horrors that would crush most people. And here it is at the at, at the latter parts of your life, you're seeing people out there protesting for things you can't even comprehend <laughs> and i don't even understand it at 51. i don't understand it at all so i don't understand how world war ii vet is supposed to understand what's going on right no, now. no man i mean i'm out here watching people i mean they are parents are okay with teachers telling their children that they should chop their balls off and yeah. i'm supposed to be okay with that yeah yeah we won't go into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Y'all I'm going a little bit far afield here. I know that we usually keep it on the bright side. But I was censoring myself, not you. Dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, the, the, honestly, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to change topics here in a minute. We're going to get down to it, but look, y'all, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. And I wasn't, I was holding back because there was a little ray of hope in my mind. I'm just like, 
can we squeak out another couple of years? I don't think we have time, which is exactly why I've made, we've made that transition. We're going to still talk about permaculture. We're going to talk about it a lot, but we're also going to be talking about ways in which you can beat what's coming for you. to get into that language going right to left like a manga then left the right day in language my bird lies a little different years don't make me better than you though because it took me time to see the truth to see the end game like a russo but that don't mean a bad fingers when we come together indestructible all right we were talking the other day with him joel thomas van tesla I like his line, my fertility might look different than y'all, but it doesn't make me better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this, this is the kind of music, I mean, I would have never, if you would have told me I was ever going to become a fan of any kind of genre of hip-hop, I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed it until I, you know, first met, you know, heard about Immortal Technique and then some of these other people and realized, you know what, it's better than any of that garbage I hear played at Tractor Supply, you know, that what... Man. Oh, or man. when I was a lifeguard, they had the... So when I was a lifeguard, they would play uh, ra- the radio over the sound system and all that stuff, and they would pick the they picked the was it the station with the least amount of curse words. So it was like the top ten country hit station, and they played the same ten country songs on a loop throughout the entire day. Son, that ain't country, man. They quit making country back when Kenny Rogers got out of there. But I digress, y'all. We're going to get into it, y'all. Um, tactical homesteading. It's you're thinking, okay, well, you kind of covered that before. No, no, we didn't. Honestly, we could actually call this podcast the Tactical Homestead Podcast. That's how much stuff is in there, y'all. Um, all the stuff we said prior to now, it's legit. It's happening. Um, you can go ahead and pretend that it isn't. Your family can pretend that it isn't. Remember what I told you at the tip of the day. Stop trying to convince people. Okay, well, I'm talking to you out there. To the people in the sound of my voice right now who are, you see the world for what it is. You see it falling apart. You're probably thinking, okay, I feel woefully unprepared. Okay, let me, let me just go ahead and calm you down a little bit. Just slow down. Think for a minute. I've been doing this for well over two decades. My whole family has. And you always, no matter what, feel like you're inadequate. No matter what, you yeah. never feel like you're, you never feel like, oh, I don't know of anybody. And I know a lot of people in this space. So can you think of one person that says, yep, got it all worked out. I'm yeah. ready to go bring on the collapse. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's, who's a hundred percent ready or it feels a hundred percent ready. They might actually be a hundred percent ready, but they don't, they still don't feel like it. Like those people on uh, that show doomsday preppers there. I remember there was this one family that had like 20 something. It was the two, two people. It was like a couple, and they had like 20-something years of food put back, um, and they were still putting food back. Yeah. Yeah, now... <laughs> they, it, and the, it was an old couple. Like, they didn't have 20 more years. Yeah, well, the trendies, <laughs> the trendies will say, oh, that's hoarding. Like, that's a crime. Or, you know, they had 10,000 rounds. They'll be on the news report. They had 10,000 rounds. He had an arsenal. Okay, well, where is that against the law, you know? So... I would say good. Yeah, good for them. Good. But they have the mainstream trendy uh, thinking that these things are a bad thing. So, look, y'all, let me just, like I said, from the very beginning, let me just come right out and say, everybody, I don't I don't know, and I know a lot of people in this space, I have yet, I have yet to meet one person that says, yep, we got everything in place, everything's perfect. No, I don't care how long you've been doing this, you never feel like Actually, you arrived. Actually, ta- I take it back. The only time I've ever heard people say that they were, like, 100% prepared when where they were the furthest thing yep. from it. Yep. That's yep. the only time anybody ever claims that they have enough like food put back or enough preps put back or anything like and that. And we're going to talk about that that person. We'll just yeah. keep the name out of it for a minute. We're go- that is the Oh, one- I wasn't even talking about them. Well, I was I was talking about people in general. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The ones that do say that y'all they're liars. I'll, I'll just tell you right out or they're delusional, which is, you know, the two can overlap. But listen, when you think about your Okay, let me just go ahead and keep this as real as I know how. There's a whole lot of people asking if they can come by and see, hey, what does this chicken tractor on steroids look like? A lot of people wanting to come by seeing the food forest. A lot of people coming wanting to come by and look at a lot of the things we have. And as of late, for a while now, the answer is always, and, and I'm doing it as politely as I can 
manage? But the answer is no. If I don't already know you, my family doesn't already know you, you can basically look at this as Noah's Ark's doors have already shut on you. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that from a tactical point of view. You know, um, there are things you have around your homestead. Now, I'm, I'm throwing it back in your lap. Now, let's just say you have a new a person over for dinner. Okay, are they walking through your garage where all your preps are? Or are they walking through the front door? Do they walk into your house and they see everything you have? Maybe that's not such a swell thing. If you keep things in your, let's say, your garage, then maybe you don't want to have people walking in and out of there, especially people that aren't going to be with you if things go sideways. I didn't cover that last time, but that is of profound importance. I cannot have people at this point coming on this property or any other property that we have because I now eliminate my tactical advantage if you ever became an enemy. Well, what would possibly make you an enemy? Okay, let's say, because, son, you know who I'm talking about here. They yeah. live on vacation yeah. twice a month. And I'm talking lot, not like little chintzy vacations. I'm talking they're like leaving the country kind of vacations. Yeah, where like money doesn't make sense right? kind of vacations. Yeah, and they have absolutely nothing put back. But now, all of a sudden, you've been to my house 10,000 times, and you know you got certain suspicions about what you think we have. And because we do, in fact, have a farm... You're going to make that assumption, or you're also going to think, oh, they talk about preparedness. Well, they probably put back some things. I already got enough people I may potentially have to deal with without adding more to the mix. Right. And now there are certain things from a tactical standpoint. We've talked about this before. You know, do you have a driveway? If somebody comes up that driveway, are they in a choke point? Um, do you have good fields of fire? Folks, I hate even talking about this. Do you understand permaculture is my passion. Sadly, preparedness is also my passion, but I got to be really, really careful about who steps on this property. And if I don't already know you, I don't know who you are from an email. I'll be honest with you. The best I can do is through this little snapshot that we do through YouTube. And then of course you get some smart aleck that decides they want to Hey, I know where you live. Yeah. You know where I live. I know where you live too, Jack. Yeah, I mean, that goes a, both ways. Yeah, I mean, you have an account. We can find where yeah. you live. <laughs> I know people. I know people. What what did, what did uh, what's his name uh, Liam Neeson say? I got this set of skills. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, you know what? That that pendulum swings both ways, Jack. Um, it's not hard to hire a private detective. Believe me, they ain't that expensive. So, you people making those comments, yeah, I know where you live as well. Um. But be real careful because there was a guy we knew, right? Yeah. That as soon as he got his bug out property, now we were took everybody there. We were there. We were. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time, and neither did you. But everybody knew that he had a bug out location, a couple of hundred acres. Worse yet, I mean, bringing in the worst sort of idiots. Man, like. To come out and hunt this place, and that's yeah. the problem. When you open up your place to somebody to hunt, y'all, it's nearly impossible to try to get them out. And then they always seem to have some sense of ownership to that ground. Yeah. Even though it's understood, I don't care who that person is, when you let them in to hunt your land, you better be real careful. Because now all of a sudden, hey, I'll just leave that tree stand up till next year. Uh, no, you're not. You got to be absolutely careful who you give access to your property. Because all of a sudden, they know the fields of fire. Not well, they know the, the, the direction of travel for a lot of these varmints. Well, they may actually be your competition when things go sideways. Well, if they're hunting your land and you're not, then they probably know it better than you do. Absolutely. Especially in that exact situation. Exactly. <laughs> How do you know they don't have you? I mean, you wind up out there and they know where your caches are. They know where everything yeah. is. Yeah. So, folks, at, at these times, look, I'm not I'm not saying shut your doors to people. I'm just saying be cautious, cautious about your preps, what you have. And honestly, if just like we talked about in the beginning, if you can't have a rational discussion with these people concerning the crazy things going on in this world, then do you really want them to know where your preparedness items are? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> if you can't even get them to raise an eyebrow and say, huh, you know what? That seems pretty obvious. Um, I don't think I want to go with that. You know what? Um, or if you got another, you got some little 
uh, hoople-headed Marchie that wants to go out there and tell you, oh, yeah, I can't wait to sign up for transhumanism. Maybe you don't want them knowing where things are either, you know? Yeah, you don't want the Terminator knocking at your door looking for food. That's right. You want some cyborg up there kicking in the door saying, you know, take me to your grub. Oh, speaking of which, there is this kind of goes back into the world news, but there's this apparently this, uh, it's called Eater. It's a robot that is fed from uh, organic material. Um, but it's being dis- like, it's being, apparently it's being, uh, deployed in Ukraine, but it goes through it's advertised as being able to, and they put this at the very end of the, the description, but it's advertised as being able to go through like a new growth forest, shred everything up and then use the organic material as fuel Well, it's being used apparently in Ukraine right now to pick up bodies and use that as fuel. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you listen to that, do you have those clips in here? I told you. To put yeah. In? Yeah. I got the, okay, we're well, gonna... the one is a Twitter screenshot that you sent me. The other one is a actual clip that I do have. Okay. Go ahead and play that. It's uh, this Yuval Noel Harari. These are, you got him and the other weird transhumanists. I mean, I didn't mean to digress like this. This was actually something I intended to hit before, but this is exactly, go ahead and hit the. You said we are one of the last generations of homo sapiens within a century or two earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from chimpanzees. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? That freaked me out. You know, we'll soon have the power to re-engineer our bodies and brains, whether it is with genetic engineering or by directly connecting brains to computers or by creating completely non-organic entities, artificial intelligence, which is not based at all on the organic body and the organic brain. All right, that's that fruitcake. Okay, if you play that clip to somebody and that sounds good to them, you don't want them on your property. How do you say that and not like, I mean, even Anderson Cooper, I mean, him of all people were surprised by this. I know. I know. You you would think, okay, His man. Family's been doing this for years. Yeah, he's like, man, I am one of the Vanderbilts, yeah. man. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. But if it freaks out Anderson Cooper, yeah. But this is exactly what we're talking about, folks. Um, this is a clip, and also there was one. Now that's the that's the little henchman for Klaus Schwab. And he just had a recent clip as well. I guess we didn't get that one on here. No, but, it's a screenshot. It's not a clip. It's well, a it was in. The, okay, well, it didn't come across to you the way I intended then. But a recent clip from him also is that there was so matter of fact, like saying, hey, we're going to have you guys turn into robots. You're going to eat bugs. You're going to love it, man. I'm Just take it from me, my dog. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to love eating these bugs. But anybody, anyway, you got somebody who's a fan of these people? I mean, that's a pretty good litmus test. If you, yeah. if you have... Some lunatic leftist family member who is quadruple jabbed and, well, they may not make it through the initial onslaught based on what we're hearing about, you know, what's up with all that. I'm not, that's dreadful in and of itself. But the point being, if they are lunatic lefties or if they're George Bush neocons, send them packing. If they ever say trust the science. Get, out. <laughs> get to stepping yeah get on down the road jack because i mean the science tells me i can't compost pig carcasses well that was another thing that was in the news too um basically california opened up the doors to composting humans before you, you okay so here were your options you go in a grave uh maybe they put you in a mausoleum or they um you know burn you what do they call that cremation the cremation or now we got another option compost they're going to turn yeah. you so it's basically right back to that Charlton Heston thing, which, by the way, took place once again in 2022. Um, so now you can compost people. Man, who's to say they ain't? I'm, I'm sure they're it already was already doing happening. It. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was already happening, dude. I mean, I'm not. Look, y'all, the point that I'm getting at when it comes to this, I'm sorry to go so sideways on this, but they all kind of interlock with one another. You got to be real careful who you're bringing on your property these days. And I mean, you have got to be careful. Some of these people, they may be, it could be a person delivering something, man. Found this one clown snooping around the house one time. I I don't know what that was all about, but you don't even know. So when you're not actually, if you have your preps open to the outside, let's say you live in a neighborhood. Well, maybe it shouldn't have access to every passerby that's going up and down the street. Because believe me, they're making a mental note whether you know it or not. Um, another thing on that homestead, we've talked about it before and we covered it in our latest YouTube video. I think it came out the very same day this podcast is coming out. When it comes to your cooking, 
Oh yeah, this it's is, it's out by the time this will come out. It's already been out. Yeah. So you know we talked about homestead cooking, and a lot of people dismiss these solar ovens. Look, y'all, I'm going to turn upside down in the coming weeks, maybe days. A lot of what you think about a lot of this stuff, a lot of what people have told you are lies. There's a lot of these homesteaders now that have turned into, quote, prepper channels because they realize it'll put butts in seats, but they don't even know what they're talking about half the time. I take it back. This That video will not be coming out after this or before this podcast. No, the podcast will be out, yeah. but later on in this week, we're talking about that. We'll just kind of give you a heads up and a preview. What we're getting at is everybody seems to think that in a SHTF event or what Danny calls a life-changing event, that you're going to be cooking at the fire. I can offer a pretty comprehensive list of reasons as to why that may not be your best idea, especially at night. And I'm going to do a video, and it's probably going to tick off a lot of people, especially you people wearing those headlamps. We kind of covered that before. Here's what I'm getting at. Okay, when you're dealing with a fire, first of all, you got smoke coming up out of there. Very few of us know how to light a fire and start a fire where very little smoke comes out of there, okay? So let's say you're cooking at that fire. It doesn't happen in 20 minutes. It's going to be there for quite a while. Let's say it's in the daytime. Well, you're roasting meat over that fire. Believe it or not, when you're out in the elements for a while, your senses get so much better, especially your sense of smell, your sense of hearing. Especially if you're hungry. Well, you got that right. So everybody's thinking, oh, well, I don't want one of those um, solar ovens. Well, check this out. I can aim that thing at the sun, and I can still camouflage the, the metal sides of it. I could even, I'm sure I could put some heat-resistant tape on the outside of that thing if I wanted. But I, it's always facing up to the sun. So if you're not, unless you're at a, in a low, low, low point, nobody should really see the reflection on that thing. So you could use something like that. You could distill your water. You could, um, there's so many things that people are missing the boat on when it comes to something like that. So don't think that you have to have fire. And if you do have a fire, I mean, think about it. Smoke coming up, coming up out of a chimney is going to be, you know, in the dead of winter, people are going to see that. Okay. You know, well, I mean, people can even smell it. I can smell that. I mean, the dude up the road has started burning in his, um, in his fireplace. Right. He started burning at night. And I, the only reason I know, I don't even know who the guy is. The only reason I know is because I can smell it from all the way over here. Yeah, but the point being is that all those senses, if you're a person that's hungry, whatever the case, if you're out there cooking at a fire, especially if you're doing it at night, you just, trust me, there's a reason soldiers don't have fires. I don't care what you've seen in the movies. If they have a fire, you better believe that it's at a very, very, very secure location. But out in the field, there are no lights. There are no fires. And I'm going to I'm gonna tamp down a lot of the uh, BS that's been going on about that thing. So you want to you wanna think about that. Also, the light discipline, I'm going to hit it also at another angle. You're thinking, or some people are thinking, and I've seen this among the, some of these prepper people, is because I got blackout curtains, oh, I'm good to go. You think so? Here's this, Try this little experiment. Go ahead in the dead of, in the middle of the daytime, stand in that room with your blackout curtains. If you can see the hue of the light of the sunlight outside through those curtains, I guarantee you in low light, they are definitely going to see that white light you got going in that room. They will see it around the curtains. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. There ain't no two ways about it. it. It's a fact. So you can't rely on that stuff. And also you want to make sure if you have to use a light, even then, you want to do it under a blanket, even if you have the blackout curtains. You've got to be careful about that stuff. Also, sound discipline. Man, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, for some reason, we don't, we don't have a single female in this house, son, that can be quiet. I oh, don't know why. Shocker, Dad. <laughs> Kendra, man, she <laughs> Actually, walks down Emily. the stairs, man. Emily can be quiet. Emily I'll can take be back. quiet. Emily, yeah, she kind of freaks me out sometimes because she'll just walk up and nobody will hear her and then she's just there all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> or she, she'll leave. You'll be having a conversation with her. She'll leave in the middle of it and you won't even know she's gone until you turn back around and you're talking to nobody. Sounds like she's been talking to your mom, boy. She was known for that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, by and large, you hear Kendra or her little sister, my other niece, coming <laughs> down the stairs. Man, you swear, bowling ball's walking down there. Boom, like they're hopping down the stairs. Like they're jumping from one step to the next, landing heel first with their knees locked. Right. And so if it's that way in the house, well, what might it be out in the woods? You got to ask those questions, man. So if you're sitting there walking that way down the stairs in the house, 
I mean, think about these other things. Okay, so you're out there. You're going to have to sleep. So you're going to need somebody on guard duty. Everybody go to sleep at the same time. You're just asking to get dealt with. And night vision. We're going to cover that too in a, in a future video. All right, y'all. We killed a lot of time on this stuff. We don't have a whole lot of time for uh, Q&A, but when we get back, that's what it's all about. All right, man. I like this guy. Who is he again? That's Tom MacDonald from, uh, and that song is Clown World. Hey, you know why that MacDonald part keeps standing out to me? No. Coming to America. McDonald's. McDowell's. McDowell's. That's what it is. They called it okay. McDowell's. They didn't call it MacDowell's. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Why does MacDonald keep standing out? He always then? cracks me up. He says, yeah, we got a bit of an insect problem up here, but you <laughs> boys are from Africa. You're used to that. He just, okay, so you came from Africa, man. You just <laughs> like, there's just bugs everywhere. Yeah, that's just how it rolls. Okay, our first one we got from this, um, well, the guy, I don't know. I don't know if it's John or Dalton, but he's a chef. And I can't go through all of it because we are in something of a time constraint, but he has something with a food forest, son. He says, we actually have a good food forest that works using pears, persimmons, Blueberries, um, most of our, let's see here. We really want some low-chill peach hours to get them established. Okay, we have a large vegetable garden. We'd love to hear your thoughts about how to keep my fruit trees from being drowned, son. That's what. That's the question from I'm going to go with. being drowned? Oh, man, where are you? you got a lot of water, apparently, in the deep south. Okay, okay I'm going to tell you one method we use right off the bat. And think about this. you got to swale, right? Well, there's a couple of ways you can go about this. You can use that swale to capture water, or you could put a mound out there. You just dump a bunch of dirt out there, depending on where your water table is, and you can plant them on top of that mound. Right. You can you can lift uh, the growing area up by creating a mound. Um, also, you might have to open up. If you have a pretty good food forest, there is a point in a food forest where the canopies start touching where you can have water retention issues. Like uh, in Gaia's Garden, they talk about this one lady in, a, in New Mexico, I believe. She has a food forest in her front yard, and she ended up ended up having like water retention. Like she was holding on to too much water, so she ended up having to prune back some branches to allow some sunlight to come through to evaporate some of that water. So that might be part of what you have to do. I don't know if you sheet mulched in your food forest, but that would help wick too much water. Um Maybe also giving a low spot for that water to go to would help, which would happen in a swale if you did a swale. Well, if you have a water table too high, you just what one thing you can do is honestly just bring in some soil, right? And you can mound it up, and that'll get you around it. All right, we got another one. This one I'm I'm really thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful for all the everybody that writes in. Thank you so much, y'all. This one here is actually answering a question we had had out there. Um, this is from uh, Will up in Michigan, and we were talking about those canneries that we used to go to with the Mormons. And he says, just finish, finish up listening to the Permaculture Preparedness episode on the Permaculture Pimpcast. Boy, say that 10 times. <laughs> uh, uh, regarding the Latter-day canneries, they have been changed to being called Bishop Storehouses or Warehouse. Uh, now you can call, set up an appointment to show up, and just pay and pick up whatever you order. Um, in, the, in the time I did it, son, we... I want to thank you so much for that, Will. Um, and it was called what? Bishop Storehouses? Yeah. Okay. Now, the thing that floored me is that back in the day, um, we were actually go in there, help out with the canning and everything. I mean, we were literally right. putting it in number 10. I mean, that was pretty, you know what, man? That that would be a pretty cool operation to be able to run. Some, it wasn't that hard. We were doing it what all. What if we did that with Comfrey? I mean, if it wasn't like obviously at, at the house, what if we did that with Comfrey? Like, hey, everybody... Come out, help dig up comfrey, harvest comfrey, come back, leave with like a 50-pack or something. I don't know, man. There's all kinds of great options out there, but I'm telling you what, man. I'll tell you, it, I'll tell you, you want to know some people that are prepped? Mormons, dude. Yeah. I ain't kidding, dude. Anybody. I mean, I've had the benefit of knowing a lot of Mormons, especially when we lived around the Kansas City area. And I'm telling you what, man, they don't play. Hey, but if you uh, like coffee, you better... 
put that back yourself because they ain't yeah, about to. You, yeah, you ain't going to be getting none of that. Although I have known a couple of them to drink some Mountain Dew from time to time. Um, all right, so we got this other one from Joe. Uh, he says, I came across your YouTube channel. A lot of respect. Basically, he's getting out with the DD214 in May next year. I wish it was tomorrow, my man. My, my wife and I want to develop a near-zero-waste integrated homestead and market gardening. My question is if you two are aware of any veteran-specific resources. I've looked around. Look, a lot, I, I'm, I answered your question through the email, but I get this one a lot. And there are some things out there, but just know that these are double-edged swords. They really are. You take their money, guess what? They're going to want to extract a pound of flesh or tell you how to run your farm. So that's something you really, really have got to be aware of. Also, your zero waste goals. Um, don't make that your goal for the first five years. Don't like don't make the zero waste thing your goal for the first five years because that's just going to make it very difficult uh, to farm when you're already trying to figure out how to build this farm. Couldn't agree more. Okay, we got another one, Bobby here. Uh, we just bought a small house. I mean, there's a lot in here. It's regarding the chicken tractor on steroids. We bought a small house on six acres, moved a, from a one-third of a lot to a subdivision with the hopes of becoming more self-sufficient. We had laying hens there and a small garden. We recently bought 20 Bielfelders, love those birds, for the purpose of self-sustaining meat, eggs, and compost, but it'll be six months before they can do any of that. Um, before they start laying, they can be... Uh... I mean, they can start making compost as soon as they're big enough. Uh, I'm not seeing the question here, but will it? Okay, but it will be six months before I know how we can depend on the meat. Look, I love those birds, man. Um, So far, I haven't yet tried them in the chicken tractor on steroids, but by every bit of evidence I'm seeing so far, I'm really digging what I'm seeing, man. I ain't kidding you. Um, I'm I'm, I'm really loving those birds. I'm not sure I saw a question in there, man. Um. Okay, we got some more questions here, y'all, but we're coming. Oh, I guess we got a little bit of time here. Um, let's see here. Well, son, we got questions. We got lots of them. <laughs> what are they, Dad? Well, we got Roxanne here. She You're going to make me start editing podcasts. Huh? Well, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't do any editing here, but I'm basically having a couple of technical glitches here on this iPad. Um, this one's from Roxanne. She says, we have two beautiful girls. That are about five months old. And until now, I thought she was talking about girls, girls. Um, I guess she was talking about dogs. Oh. Um, because <laughs> the, the title of it is Great Pyrenees Training Question. They both each killed some chickens. Okay. Oh. So basically, you got a couple of Pyrenees that killed chickens. Came across that problem before with other people's dogs. And um, man, you're not going to like the solution. Yeah. I don't know if you can come back from that. Well, you can. I mean, some of these old boys, I've never tried it. But some of these old boys that have been around a long, long time told me this works, man. And and the reason I'm going to tell you is because I heard it. If, if it was just one of them, I was like, I don't know about all this. But um, they said literally take a dead chicken, one that they've killed, tie it to that dog, like make a backpack out of it that they can't get rid of, and tie it to that dog that they can't get off, and then have them carry that around for about a week. And two different guys told me they swore up and well, down at work. You were talking about it at some festival on stage. I can't remember where it was. No, I was out on radio talking about no, it. No, no, no. This was this wasn't too too long ago because you were talking about it somewhere. It could have been in like a group at Self Reliance or something. But some old timer was shaking his head like, "Yep, it works." Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't remember like, that, yep. but I know for a fact that two different guys in two different states. These were old guys, both. Um, Man, they were they were really really. Um, but I mean the the key to that is trying to uh, get them used to the chickens before um, they're really old enough to start killing them. Like Milk Boy, when he was a little puppy, when he still had his puppy fluff, um, we were putting him out there with the chickens during the day, and I think he got lit up by the rooster a few a few times, and now he really doesn't. Like, he knows they're there, he acknowledges them, but he doesn't really care about them in any no, kind of way. Well, he cares. I mean, he'll protect them if right. something, you know, he knows his job, but he's not going to eat any of them because we get some, you know, maybe we didn't clip the feathers on one or two of them or whatever, and they might have gotten over the fence. And, you know, he's trained, but honestly, that is the only way. I, I know that sounds crazy, but that is the only thing I've ever heard from anybody that said that they, man, and then, of course, there was this other one, man. They said they stuck... I don't even know if I ought to repeat this, man. Yeah, uh, don't. 
yeah it's not something anybody needs to repeat but yeah it, it doesn't that's the only solution we've even heard of <laughs> no there was another solution but i mean i'm like not the, even sure it was it was not anything that you would remotely there are people in this world that are there's training and then there's cruelty and um yeah i don't go with the latter so um yeah, that's, that's all we got for the questions for today. Uh, well, we actually have quite a few more, but I'm not going to be able to get to them to this this time around. So if you do have any questions, you want anything addressed, um, any kind of program you want to see, just let us know. Email me at billy at permapasturesfarm.com. I'll get to the rest of your questions next time out. Remember, y'all, stay alert, stay alive. <laughs>